Brutally Honest Books. We are now in the month of December. And if you didn't see this on any of the social media channels, our monthly theme is Snowbound December. So literally any story that is just set in the snow. And as always, that monthly theme encompasses everything from the book reviews that I do here on the podcast to the content that I put out on social media, as well as the book that I'm going to be reading this month for Classics and Cocktails. So as you will have already seen from the title of this episode, I know we're like also a little bit off schedule. So just kind of bear with me as we are closing out the year between this podcast and the other podcast that I have, there is kind of a lot going on, but we are slowly kind of getting back on track to finish out 2023. And as you will have seen from the title of this episode, today we are talking about the Man Booker Prize winner, Eileen by Otessa Moshveg. And I did have to Google Otessa's name to make sure that I am pronouncing that correctly. I still hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly. But this is a book that is or was really talked about around when it came out and kind of won the Man Booker Prize. But I've also noticed that it's having a little bit of a renaissance moment. I know that that's not a ton of time between now and 2016, but I am noticing it being increasingly spoken about in these sort of like book internet spheres, I guess. And I'm assuming it's because Eileen was just recently adapted into a movie. But I don't know, I am just kind of seeing this little mini renaissance moment, which tends to sometimes happen with books, which is really interesting. So again, the book was published in 2016, also won the Man Booker Prize for 2016, and it's about 260 pages long, so really not very long. But again, obviously being a prize-winning book, there is a lot of hype around this book, a lot of praise. But let me very quickly run you through what the book is about so we are on the same page before I kind of get into my thoughts. So obviously, since this is included in our month of Snowbound December, it takes place in the snow. It takes place specifically during Christmas time. And it centers around and is actually from the perspective of our protagonist, who has the name Eileen Dunlop, and she is 24 years old. She's also telling us the story of her life, specifically just during this one Christmas season when she was 24. But she's telling us this story from 50 years in the future. And there are certain names that she says that she has changed or sometimes actually like excludes. So she doesn't even give us the name of the town that she's from. We do just know that she's from like a New England town. I want to say it's in Massachusetts and she's around like 200 and something miles from New York City. And the reason that she's changed names or redacted certain things is because she has disappeared. And the book also takes place, ooh, I want to say in like the 50s or 60s. So it's also kind of like a historical fiction novel. And the reason that she's either changed names or redacted certain things is because of something that occurred when she was, again, 24 years old during this Christmas season. Now, if you don't want any spoilers whatsoever, then I would recommend not listening to this episode, leaving it there. If you're interested, maybe go pick it up yourself. But in this episode, I'm going to give you a little bit more information because it ends up being necessary to kind of tell you guys what to expect from this novel. Keep in mind that I am going to keep the actual spoilers, the actual plot twists, and all of those things secret. I'm not going to give those away. I'm not going to actually spoil the book, but I do have to give you a little bit more information than what is on the back of the book. So if you're with me and you're interested, let's proceed. 
So again, it is about, and from the perspective of Eileen Dunlop, she's 24 years old in like the 50s or 60s. She lives in a small town in, I believe, Massachusetts. And she actually works as a secretary at a boy's prison, like a juvenile prison. And while she's just kind of going about her very sleepy, but also very troubled life, there is somebody new who comes to work at the prison. Her name is Rebecca. She's a little bit older. I believe she's like a Harvard graduate and she's going to be the new, like, I think her position is something like, you know, educational leader, advisor or something along those lines at this boy's juvenile facility. Now, the reason that she disappears, and this is kind of like, again, it's not a spoiler, but we're starting to go in that direction. So the reason that she disappears is because there is something that occurs during this Christmas season that causes her to disappear or to essentially kind of go on the run. Now, think about the words that I'm using, you know, going on the run, having to disappear. I'm not going to say any more than that, but just something occurs during this point in time, during the story, that means she has to do that. So I'm giving you a little bit more than what's on the back of the book, but still holding a lot back, still leaving a lot to be discovered if you do decide to read this. But essentially, once Rebecca comes into the picture and she starts working at the prison, Eileen is enamored with her because essentially Rebecca just kind of represents everything that Eileen wants to be herself. You know, she is slightly older, but I don't think that they're like too far apart in age. But Eileen gets the impression that Rebecca is from a very wealthy family. She just has that air about her that like, old money aura. She's beautiful. She dresses extremely well. She seems really intelligent. I mean, she is really intelligent. She went to Harvard, but really knowledgeable, very worldly, just very well poised and just has this charisma where just everybody is kind of like enchanted by her. So essentially she just represents everything that Eileen isn't and wants to be because Eileen is described as very, very thin, very mousy, really kind of flies under the radar, is kind of shy and awkward, but she has a very rich inner monologue, which is what we're hearing because again, it's through, you know, Eileen's eyes. And I would say that she definitely has this sort of bottled up female rage as well. And this might be a little bit of a spoiler for some people, but I actually don't think it's what you think it is when I make this comparison. So if you have seen the new movie Saltburn, Eileen is one of the books that is sort of cited or has come up here and there as being kind of similar to Saltburn. Now, you might take that comparison and your mind kind of goes in a different direction because the stories are very separate. But if you liked Saltburn, then the chances are that you'll kind of like this book because this book, while it's not directly similar to Saltburn, like they do end up being very different stories and very separate from one another, there are just, I would say, maybe some similar themes. So if you're somebody who's been listening to this episode and you know, you're really intrigued by that plot and you're really interested and kind of thinking you want to pick it up for yourself, let me just very quickly kind of explain where I see this book falling on a scale. So the scale I'm about to present to you has absolutely nothing to do with books that are well-written or poorly written because there can be books that are both good and bad anywhere on this scale. And so let me kind of explain what the scale is and give you some examples. So sometimes the way that I see books are along this scale. So on one end, you have books that are very approachable to the masses. And initially, your mind might go to me talking about books that are very poorly written or kind of shitty books like Colleen Hoover and things like that. But that's not what I mean because, again, there are books that are well and poorly written in that category. And it's, at the end of the day, a little bit subjective, but you could have anything from Colleen Hoover to also Stephen King. Like, I'm not even talking about genres, actually. So just books that are very approachable and readable 
to the masses. Okay, so that's one side of the scale. And then on the opposite end, it starts going in a direction that is, let's just say, increasingly weird. You have authors that start going in this sort of like maybe magical realism realm, or they start using weird themes and metaphors, or talking about things that are very gritty, very R-rated, or very heavy. But essentially on that side of the scale, it's really for the people who are big literature readers who are kind of used to the weird, kind of used to the dark, and kind of understand it. So does that make sense? Right, You have this sliding scale just between maybe approachability and readability to a more mass market, and then it does get progressively more niche just because it does get progressively more weird. And again, that is not at all connected to quality of writing because there are books that I would say are either well-written or poorly written on both sides of that scale. Okay, so if we have this scale in mind, I would say that Eileen kind of falls in the middle. It's a really, really interesting book because I would say the story and what occurs during this Christmas season and why she has to go into hiding and sort of the plot and action points, those actually put the book closer to the mass market side, the approachable, the readable, because it's interesting, it's a little bit of a thriller, it's suspenseful, but it's Eileen's inner monologue that puts it closer to the niche literature side of things because it is her inner monologue. It is very realistic in this sense, but in a way that does become pretty gritty and maybe not super palatable to a lot of people because her inner monologue is so unfiltered and talking about things that are pretty gritty, things that maybe involve or touch on very private thoughts. Let me put it that way. And again, in that sense, it is incredibly realistic because inner monologues are sometimes going to touch on some maybe R-rated thoughts or just very intimate thoughts, very personal thoughts. And so that's just why it puts it further on that end. There are some other things as well. So there are actually a couple, I guess you say trigger warnings for this book. And these are things that also kind of put it slightly on that like grittier side of that scale. And the trigger warnings are going to be for some things like eating disorders, alcoholism, abuse, sexual assault, and child abuse. So you hear that and you're like, oh, damn. And yeah, to be frank, yeah, like there are some big topics, some big themes. Now I want to clarify that it's not like the book A Little Life. Okay, so A Little Life takes things to such an extreme and I've shared my thoughts on A Little Life before. So if you wanna go back and listen to that episode, feel free. I'm actually not the biggest fan, but I wanna make that very clear that it is nowhere near as close to something like A Little Life, but there are some very big themes, very big topics, and it is very hard to read at times. So that's why I say that this book actually falls in the middle and kind of has a foot in both camps. Another thought that I kind of want to just like briefly touch on is some of the positive reviews for this include the word black comedy. And I just want to, again, manage your guys' expectations. That is the whole point of these episodes. I would not say that this is a black comedy. Now, I think that that point, somebody could argue with me and we could have like a back and forth and maybe they would actually get me to see their side of things and why this could be categorized as a black comedy. But I doubt it because I do think that the term black comedy has started to be progressively overused in the literature space. And I do think that the reason it's overused is because we need to come up with like a new term or a new word that kind of encapsulates what black comedy is trying to get at when it's not there. Because I kind of get what they want to say. But again, the reason I'm bringing this up because I want you to know what to expect. Because you might see that like on the cover of the book, like, oh, it's a dark black comedy. There's really no comedy in this book whatsoever. 
essentially it's more of like a psychological thriller that's about these themes of like obsession and identity and family and does this in a very gritty way, a pretty raw way, along with some troubling or just very heavy plot points. So let's revisit my scale. So if you are somebody who is on that side of the scale that you really only read the mass appealing books, okay? If that's only what you want to read, steer clear of Eileen. I appreciate you listening to this episode, but maybe this isn't for you. However, if you are somebody who, let's say you're you know, more on that side of things, but you're interested in heavier literature or literature that starts dealing with some heavier themes, some heavier topics. You kind of want to expand your horizons into that kind of grittier content. Then I actually think that this is the perfect book for you because it's short. It has a very tight composition, if that makes sense, because again, it's only like 260 pages. So the book and the story is like pretty tight and it's just kind of told in this like neat little bubble, if that makes sense. Like there's really no like loose ends or strings, but it deals with these topics and just does it in that kind of like tight and neat and sort of way where it's kind of in this little bubble. I don't know if that makes any sense, but just bear with me. So if you're wanting to kind of, you know, dip your toe into these heavier things, then I think that this would be a good book to try and do that. If you are somebody that is on, let's say, that other side of that scale and you're completely used to stuff like this, then go crazy. Nothing is going to be too weird or too heavy for you, and I'm sure that you're going to enjoy it. And again, if you're interested in that sort of like heavier content, you're mentally in a good place, you're prepared to kind of dive into it, then it also might be kind of interesting to read during the Christmas season just because it is December or coming up on Christmas. I always think it's kind of cool to read a book that is either set during the time that you're reading it or if it's also set in the same location that you're in. It can just be kind of a cool thing to kind of add to the atmospheric effect of reading a book. So overall, I really enjoyed this book. I really enjoyed Otessa's writing style. She does write in a way that is very clear, very to the point, and also very easy and smooth reading. I've talked about this before, but I think that readers and authors, like sometimes sometimes it's connected to quality of writing. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes it's not even quality of writing and nobody's really at fault on either side. But I do think that sometimes authors and readers just can have a certain chemistry entirely based on who the author is and entirely based on who the reader is. And that's just something you have to discover for yourself as a reader is sometimes you'll kind of encounter these authors who, again, it has nothing to do with whether they're good or not good. Just for you personally, you might actually have this certain what I call reading chemistry where you find them to be very readable and just very smooth to read. So Otessa is an author that I found to really have that chemistry with as a reader. So I definitely think that I'm going to be reading other books by Otessa, but now that I've read Eileen, I will kind of know going into it that they will probably be covering some very heavy or big topics, which is good to know because I wasn't really sure going into this because they made this a movie. I was thinking that it was going to be more on that mass market side of things, more in that kind of blockbustery kind of sense. And I can understand actually how you can take this book in that direction, but it does involve some pretty big things that would also make this actually a pretty gritty movie, maybe more like an A24 film or something like that. And that actually reminds me of something else. I do think that I'm going to watch the movie because I'm very interested to see how they adapted this and what exactly they included or didn't include to, again, kind of mass market it via a film because that's kind of the whole goal of a film like you're not trying to be like uber niche but I did want to bring this up because I wanted to briefly talk about the casting choice so Thomason McKenzie plays Eileen and I think that that is a perfect 
casting choice. Now, Thomasin McKenzie is beautiful. So I don't want anybody to read this book thinking that I think Thomasin McKenzie is like mousy or unattractive or anything like that because Eileen really does describe herself as kind of unattractive. But in terms of the physicality, and I know that Thomasin McKenzie can really embody Eileen's personality. Now, I'm not going to get into like the entire cast list. It's just Eileen and Rebecca that I want to talk about. So again, Rebecca's the one that kind of comes into the prison. She's everything that Eileen idealizes and kind of wants to be, you know, well-dressed, very attractive, very well-spoken. So this is played by Anne Hathaway. And again, I have not watched the movie yet, so I'm just going off of the book knowledge. I don't know if I love that casting choice. I feel like it makes this book a little bit more like something like Carol, for example, but it's not. And I got the impression from the book that they were closer in age because I felt like Rebecca is, again, she's sort of idealizing her and it's this version that she wants to be. So I almost felt like Eileen was looking at her like a version of herself in the near future. Like maybe she's only five years older, give or take. And maybe I had that wrong, but I was assuming that she was like a recent graduate from Harvard. And obviously she got some sort of postgraduate degree or something like that, but still it's going to put her closer to 30, whereas Anne Hathaway is 41. So it just felt like the age gap might give people also the wrong idea of what to expect from this book. But maybe I have that wrong. Maybe I have Rebecca's age entirely wrong and I have to go back and look at that specifically, but that is just kind of how I pictured it. And they did kind of change the way that Rebecca looks in the film. Because in the book, again, you know, I thought she was younger, but she is described as having red hair. And with Anne Hathaway, they kind of gave her this like very obvious blonde wig. So I don't know if you're somebody who has read the book and seen the movie, definitely let me know what your thoughts were. Maybe these were all great changes and it ended up being like perfect casting. But this is actually a perfect little plug for my other podcast. So if you are somebody that is really interested in books being adapted into movies, I do have a second podcast. I've mentioned it a couple times, but it's actually been a really long time since I've mentioned it. But the podcast is called Box Office Books, and I host it with my sister. It is very different from this one. It is much sillier. We really just kind of like crack a lot of jokes. But since I'm such a big reader and read all of these books, and she was actually like a film major for a time. I read the book, she watches the movie, and then we come together and talk about it. So again, it is very different from this one. The episodes are like an hour, an hour and a half. It's much more like comedic and like less serious, but we do talk about all of the differences, our thoughts, our feelings, all of those things. So I am positive that we are obviously going to be doing Eileen at some point. So if you're interested in either waiting on that Eileen episode or you're just interested in that type of content in general, definitely check that out. I am actually going to have Abby on as a guest on this podcast, also kind of talk about our other podcast, maybe promote it a little bit, but she is also a reader kind of in her personal time. So I think it's going to be really fun to interview her here on this podcast. But back to this podcast, back to this episode and this book, I think the only dislike or little note that I kind of want to add is something that I've seen other people really, really critique this novel for. And I don't agree with how strongly other people feel about it, but I agree with the point that's being made. So the only thing with this book is that, you know, this thriller or these plot twists are really that, you know, pinnacle of action and those events as to why Eileen had to disappear doesn't happen until like the very end of the novel. And this is something that I've been noticing as like an increasing trend with books. I don't know if it's because they don't want to like spoil it or they can't come up with enough plot points to like throw in earlier. I don't really know exactly why this is a trend. It's just something that I've noticed that they really kind of save this climax or the series of events for like the very end of the book. 
Now, with a book like Eileen, I don't agree with it as like a really heavy critique because Otessa is doing so much with Eileen. And rather than it being like a psychological thriller, I actually think people are missing the point. I think that this book is essentially more like a character study. And the focus of the book is on these things like Eileen and her obsession and her troubled home life and all of those topics and why she is the way that she is. And we kind of uncover things slowly about her and her home life through subtext and kind of piecing some things together. So the book is really more a character study rather than a psychological thriller. And I think people are viewing it as more of like an action kind of book. So when they read, you know, all of these pages waiting for the action to happen, it doesn't happen until the end, then they're kind of disappointed. But it's because while they're waiting on the action, they're kind of missing the point as to what they're supposed to be absorbing up until then. And the book is only like 260 pages long, so you're not really waiting that long. It would be different if this book was like 500 pages and we had like 400 pages of character study and then we had the action at like the very end. That would be a different story. But this book is already so short to begin with and it is something that is clearly intentional. So for me, it's not a critique, but a note as to something else to expect going into this novel. So I actually think that I'm going to rate this book five stars. I was really impressed. But again, when you hear those five stars, definitely just think of that scale example that I gave you. And if you're down for something that is heavy, gritty, raw, and to be frank, very uncomfortable at times, then this is something you'll enjoy. You'll get it. Otessa Moshfeg did a fantastic job. And again, kind of did a great job of weaving in both things. Because if you are somebody that's more like a niche literature reader, she does do it in this tight and neat 260 pages, while also doing it via this very appealing, you know, thriller plot. But this book has been out since 2016. So if you are somebody that read this book yourself already, definitely let me know what your thoughts were. I know it's one that is super popular. So if all you have to say is good things, don't be afraid to hit up my DMs and let me know how much you loved it. But the same thing goes if you hated it. I love back and forth. I think differences of opinions and those conversations are also super interesting. Of course, you have to keep it respectful, but I genuinely don't shy away from any discussion where somebody's like, wow, you love that book. I hated it and thought it was the worst thing ever written because I do think that that is super interesting to kind of uncover the why and how two people can feel so differently about the same thing. But as I said at the beginning of this episode, it is snowbound December. So there's going to be all sorts of snowbound literature-esque content on all of the social media channels, Brutally Honest Books on Instagram and Brutally Honest Book Club on TikTok. So be sure to follow there and check those out if you're interested in any content in between episodes. Additionally, the biggest way to support me and the podcast and what I do is to scroll down to the bottom and give five stars, as well as obviously recommending any episodes to anybody. That is a huge way to grow the podcast. But as always, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.